Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. All right, I want to encourage you, please uh, be part of the job seminar. I think um, if you're working, it's always learning, is always good. How to do it better, how to be out there, all right? Uh, I don't think pastors are allowed, am I? Am I allowed to look for a job? <laughs> People get here, they say, our pastor has moved, they relocated, they got another job in a bigger church. <laughs> and they will blame you, all right? All right, so please be there and, uh, and uh, let's learn. Let's learn as much as possible. Amen. All right, I want to welcome you today. Uh, thank you for uh, coming to church and being part of this service. I know God has started great things. We had a wonderful time of worship. If you missed that time of worship, I think you missed a lot. Uh, it was just, just powerful. And we thank God for our worship team, our band. And for how God used them, uh, you know, to, to take us to his presence. It's always just powerful when you come and you experience his presence. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. Your word can heal. Your word can set free. We ask that your word will come this morning with all its power. I surrender myself to you. I ask, Lord, you will make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer. I pray that I will speak your word with accuracy, with simplicity. I will speak it exactly the way you will want me to speak it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Today we're going to do part three of our message that we started on the attitude of the kingdom. You know, the kingdom attitude. That when we get into the kingdom, there are certain attitudes that God wants us to have. All right? God develops in us. First, it starts with a heart or an attitude of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that's why we must have faith. But faith is not just action. It's an attitude of the heart. All right? It's an attitude that we live life with. Trusting God, believing God, seeing, knowing that God is. Right? He exists. Exist, he's present. He's interested in everything that I do. An attitude of faith, however, works with an attitude of love. Because the scripture says faith works by love. Loving God, loving others is very critical to the Christian life. Uh, when we don't love, we defeat our faith. Praise the name of Jesus. Today we're going to look at the third one, which is an attitude of generosity. Because when an attitude of faith is combined with an attitude of love, it leads to an attitude of generosity. And generosity as its core is an attitude of the heart. 
All right, so an attitude of the heart. Generally, we'll, we'll see it produces action. All right, when people do something, give or express themselves a certain way. But it is actually, it starts with our heart. It's an attitude of the heart that expresses itself as a lifestyle. You know, and it's a lifestyle whereby we share all that we are or we have and we ever become as a demonstration of God's love and a response to God's grace. God is a generous God. The Bible says he gives to everyone. Uh, The Bible says God, he makes the sun to shine both on the wicked and on the good. That's the extent of his generosity. And what God wants us to be is to be like him, to have such an attitude. Praise the name of Jesus. Most of them, most of us rather, by our human nature, we are hardwired to be self-interested. You know, we work hard every day to learn, to earn, to acquire, you know, and, you know, and just to be about ourselves. It takes a transformational experience of the Holy Spirit to transform us from a self-centered life to a God-centered life. And a God-centered life is an other-centered life. It's putting other people, you know, their interest, uh, you know, in our heart. Praise the name of Jesus. So it's important to know that generosity is being rich in good deeds. You know, you can be rich in money, but poor in good deeds. And unfortunately, most of us are like that, or many of us are like that. Especially many of us who live in the Western world. We are really the rich. Uh, Oftentimes we don't know, we don't want to acknowledge. But an average person in America is rich compared to other parts of the world. I mean, if you read and you kind of look at what happens on the other side of the world, how much people survive... You know, people survive on $2 a day, $3 a day, $10. I mean, you will see the, how rich you are. Unfortunately, we, we don't really know that. But it's important for us to know that it is not just about being rich in finances. It is being rich in good works. I'm going to read First uh, Timothy chapter 6, my first scripture that I will, you know, want us to look at. First Timothy chapter 6. In fact, I would like all of us to read it together if you are able to, all right? Everybody should be able to see it on the screen, right? That's why we made it so large. Everybody can see it. Can we read it together? One, two, go. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. That's generosity. It's a command them. It's not even saying advise them. You know, encourage them. Command them. If you are rich... Don't be arrogant. Don't feel you deserve to be rich. And unfortunately, that's how we tend to live. We feel we deserve to be rich. After all, I work hard. 
after all, I did this. I worked two, three jobs. I went to school. This is my, we call it hard-earned money, right? Isn't that how we do? And he said, that's arrogant. Don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in your wealth because that wealth is uncertain. It's uncertain. It can be taken away from you anytime. You can lose the privilege. You can lose the health. You can lose any of those. It is uncertain. But we must put their hope in, our hope in God. Now, when, the good thing about when we put our hope in God is it produces generosity. All right? Because we recognize that it is God who richly bless us, right? Provides for us everything for our enjoyment. And he said, be rich in good deeds. Don't just be rich. Be rich in good works. Can you help me to advise your neighbor? Actually command them. Don't just be rich. Be rich in good works. Amen. And he said, this is how you lay up treasure for yourself. That is our act of generosity lays up treasure for us in the coming age. And that is very, very important. Hallelujah. Generosity, as I said, is an attitude of the heart. In fact, if you, if you read Proverbs 11.25, says, A generous soul shall be made fat. It's a condition of our heart. Yes, it's a condition that produces result, but it must start from an attitude of our heart. Generosity is also given even in season of poverty. All right? I would like to read another scripture in case somebody says, you know what, I'm not rich. No matter what you say, I don't believe, I don't agree. You know, there are a lot of rich people. I'm not one of them. But that does not exempt you from being generous. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, I mean, the Bible talks about, actually the old chapter, the first uh, 10 verses or so, talks about a church called the Macedonia church. That gives us an example of generosity. All right? Uh, and I would like all of us to read it together again, if you can. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Let us read it together. One, two, go. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty well up in rich generosity. That's incredible. I mean, take, that's the grace of God. Generosity is a product of experiencing God's grace. So this church, you will not count them as a rich church. This, are not, this is not a church anybody will say they have all the bells and whistles. It's not a church where they have all those things. They were going through severe trial, challenges, you know, and that challenge leads to really leaving them in poverty. But instead of their poverty driving them to away from being generous, in fact, he stirred up generosity. Isn't that amazing? That poverty can stir up generosity. Why? Because it is an attitude of the heart. All right? It is an attitude. It is a mindset we must live. It is a mindset that want to be a blessing. 
You know, it's a mindset that is not self-centered. It is a mindset that wants to share no matter how little. It is a mindset that want, that, that want to demonstrate the grace of God because you have experienced the grace of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, go back to the scripture that uh, uh, our daughter read to us beautifully. I'll read a portion of it because I think that scripture is, you know, captures the essence of some of the points I'm going to give uh, following. I'll start from verse 6. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9. He said, remember this. Whosoever sows sparingly. The word sparingly simply means frugally, shiftly, cautiously, economically. All right? Unfortunately, that's how many of us sow. That's how we give. We are cautious. We are frugal. You know, we are economical. He said, we also reap the same way. Frugally, thriftly, cautiously, and economically. I don't want God to bless me frugally, thriftly, cautiously, and economically. He said, if we sow that way, you will reap that way. But whosoever sows generously, abundantly, not frugally, whosoever sows generously, we also reap generously. Verse 7 says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, because it's an attitude of the heart, right? Not reluctantly. Don't do it reluctantly. Or under compulsion. Don't do it because you are compelled. Some people are good givers after they have been compelled. They say, I'm going to give you money, but you got to work for it. I'm going to make pastor preach like 10 times before I can give. Don't do it because you are coerced. Amen. Don't do it because under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. And I can understand that. I can relate with God. I don't want people to give money to me, not cheerfully. Right? I don't want someone to bless me and they are complaining why they are doing it. Right? How does that feel to you? You're murmuring, you're saying, just take. You know, just have this. You know? No, he doesn't want that. God loves a cheerful giver. Someone that does it from their heart. Someone who understands the grace of God. Somebody who really, you know, who is excited about sharing what God has given to them. Verse 8 says, and God is able to bless you. You know, if you do that, if you maintain a generous heart. And that's how the kingdom blessing comes. He's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So everything you lay your hands, everything you do abounds in all, not just in money, in every aspect of your life. As it is written, they are freely scattered, their gift to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. I'm going to skip a little bit because I'm going to come back to that scripture and read a part, you know, and, and, and look at it verse by verse at some point. But I want to look at characteristics of a generous attitude. You know, when you see a generous person, and that's really what I want you to work out of this place, I want you to become not just giver. I think many of us, to a great extent, we give, but we are not generous in our giving. We are not people that God will call generous in our attitude. 
So today I want to focus on our attitude towards giving because it must be a generous attitude. That is the life in the kingdom. That is an, a kingdom attitude that exposes us to God's blessing in unusual ways. Praise the name of Jesus. Number one, from what we read, a generous attitude gives as a habit, you know, not when coerced or forced, right? We can see that from what we have read, all right? That each of you should decide in your heart to give, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, not because you are forced. Some people are great givers when some powerful preacher comes and he's jumping up and down and he does all these gymnastics and he does this and he, you know, then they are moved to give and they will give ridiculous amount of money. The problem tend to be they go home and they regret they gave, right? They just say, oh my God, that guy ripped me off. <laughs> when, they, when they came out of their eyes, right? You know, now you are high, everything went and you're going, yeah, why did I do that? Because you don't have a generous heart. You know, you have not cultivated a generous heart. You see, someone who has cultivated a generous heart, you know, they do it constantly. They do it as a habit. In fact, I believe that when you cultivate a generous heart, you really become an effective partner for God. You know, for God to meet the needs of people. For God to really, God begins to lead you. God begins to direct you. I cannot tell you how many times I walk in the church or somewhere else, the Holy Spirit will say, you know, I want you to be a blessing to this person this way. You know, I want you to give this person. I want you to, you know, because once you develop such a heart, you become a partner with God. Because God is generous and he really partners with generous people. And he's always looking for people with generous heart. Not people he's going to, someone he's going to fight with, you know, make them to lose their sleep at night before they do it, and they do it, they whine. No, 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 no. God is looking for effective partners. How many of us are willing to be partners for God, with God? Amen. And you know one thing about God? He does not ask you to give what he has not provided for. He has not. I mean, it took God to really show me that in practical ways, that he would really ask me, be a blessing to so, 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 and so, a number of times, and I will walk out, then someone will bless me with that same amount of money. And I was like, wow. This happened to me a few times, and I'm like, God, he said, I'm teaching you that I don't ask you to do what I've not already provided for. And this, are, this is not just always about money. If God is leading you to do something, it's because he's already done it. He's already provided for it. When God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son, God already had a sacrifice, right? All Abraham needed to do was to obey. And look at what Abraham would have missed if he did not obey God. And it would have been a disaster. It would have been a disappointment. Because when God tells you to do something, he has already made provision for it. So don't be coerced. Develop a generous attitude an attitude that just want to share what you have. You know, an attitude I want to share, that want to be a blessing. You know, I love why we say, well, some of the songs we say, make me a, an offering. An attitude to say, I'm just available. I'm there. Use me the way you want. Praise the name of Jesus. So 
A generous attitude gives as a habit, not when coerced or forced. Number two, a generous attitude often gives more than they are asked to give. You do more. And we read that from the Macedonian church. I would like us to read it again. I think I, you know, in, uh, let's, uh, he said, I will read it again here. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace. I want to see that it's a grace. That God has given to the Macedonian churches. You know, there's something unique about them. There's a grace over their life. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty well up in rich generosity. Verse 3 says, For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. They gave beyond. In the gospel, the Bible said one day Jesus was watching how people gave. I mean, I really, I could picture how that would happen. Jesus just stood in the temple. People were giving their offering. This was a church where people come outside to give. And Jesus decided to really do something shocking. He just stood there and he was looking. And everybody was giving. Now, there were guys there who had good money. And they decided to impress Jesus that day. You know, they put it in their pocket. The envelope was fat. Some of them took it out of the envelope and just laid the cash. You know, and they just put it in there. And they gave, they gave, they gave, they gave after the offering. And Jesus said, can I tell you who gave the largest amount of money today? And they said, tell us. They thought he was going to just mention the amount. They said, no. He said, there's a woman here. This woman is a poor widow. She gave mint. That's a tiny. It's a coin. She gave all she had. So all of you, you still have a lot left over at home. You give out of abundance. In fact, your giving didn't really cost you much. It didn't cost you much. You did it with no... But she gave everything she has. So generosity goes beyond what they are asked to do. They just say, okay, is this? I'll just do. No, generosity always wants to do more. A generous attitude does more than they are asked to. Hallelujah. Number three, what we learn from the scripture that we read so far, a generous heart gives whether they have little or plenty. It has nothing to do. People can, in fact, people who are not generous when they have little, they will not be generous when they have a lot. Because it's, a heart, it's an attitude of the heart. Some people say, oh, when I'm rich, oh my God. Pastor, just wait until I'm rich. I will build, I will build this church a building. No, build it now. Because really, whatever you have now, we do what God wants to do. That's what God is looking for. He's not looking for your fantastic amount of money. He's not even impressed with that. He's looking for your obedience now. All right? If you're struggling with tithing, for example, when you are little, when you have, when you are earning 10 bucks an hour, you're going to struggle when it's not 100. He's going to struggle. Don't say, oh, no, when I really get my dream job. I will be able to give a lot. 
It's not a matter of quantity that God is impressed about. I remember many years ago, you know, the church was still small after the offering. One guy just walked to me and he said, Pastor, you are going to love what I put in the offering today. (laughs) Interestingly, I don't even check the offering. (laughs) I said, I don't know what people give. I don't care. Not that I don't care, but I don't put myself. We have people who undo that. So I don't go to go check who gave a lot. But that's sometimes the attitude people have. God, you're going to love what I'm going to give to you today. No, he loves what you've been giving. Even when he was small, he loves it. Because what matters to him is the sacrifice. You know, when you have a lot, it might not even be much sacrifice to God. All right? So it is important to know that generosity transcends how much you have, right? Whether you have little, whether you have small, uh, plenty, you can be generous with what you have. You can share what you have. You can be a blessing to other people. Praise the name of Jesus. And that leads us to the fourth point. Generosity or a generous attitude gives more than just their money. You see, people who just give money, usually they're arrogant. People who just give money, usually they are controlling. I've noticed that. People who just want to give money alone, that's why I, I, we don't want people like that. I don't want people who sit down in church and say, oh, we're just financiers of the kingdom. No, God is not looking for financiers. He can finance his work. You know, God is not looking for financiers. He's not looking for people who go to oh, that church. We're the one behind it. We, we finance stuff. All right? We make sure they happen. No, no, no. God is not looking for people who go around like that. So really, generous people, he must transcend money. All right? He must be their heart first. In fact, when you go to look at the Macedonia, the reason why they were commend, commended was because they gave their heart first. All right, their heart first. They gave their heart first. You know, in the classic story of the Good Samaritan, you know, we see how that man was generous. It wasn't just about money. It wasn't just about money in that story that we read in uh, Luke chapter 10. It spanned from verse 25 to 37. The Bible said that man gave, he, he took this man that was you know, he found him that was, you know, that was uh, assaulted or attacked by armed robbers. And he went and he, he took him. He took his time, right? It wasn't somebody that just said, you know what, let me just slap some money and go. No, he went to him. What did he do? He bandaged his wound. Look at what he did. Pouring oil and wine, right? He put the man on his own donkey, he didn't just say, you know, I'll hire you a taxi or something. No. Brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out of two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. That's a generous person. If you look at all that, he was all around. You know, so generous people are people who want to share Share their time, share their heart, 
share what they have, share their concern. They want to be there with, for people. They want to be there, you know, they want to show up for them. They're not just asking, you know, send me your account. I'll zealot you. I'll do all this. It's not, it's not all about all that. All right? They are, they are attentive. They are in, you know, they can pick what people need and they want to share as time, you know, as God gives them the grace. So generous people, people with a generous attitude, they give more than just their money. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Number five, I believe we're number five, right? A generous attitude gives cheerfully without complaining. We've talked about that. We're just making them, you know, to be in order so we can have notes and be able to at least make sense of what we talk about. It's cheerful. We do it cheerfully. We are happy to do it. We, are, we even see it as a privilege. And that's what makes us cheerful. With, no, with, without complaining. You know, not give it and go outside and you complain about giving it. A lot of Christians do that. You give it and you go on Facebook and you're complaining about giving it. Or you talk to your friends, oh, just, you know, it's hard. You know, I just have to give this. No, 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 no. Do it cheerfully. That is what generosity means. From your heart, you are cheerful. You are privileged. The Bible says, Macedonian church, they beg to be part of that. They said, I want to be part of it. I want to be a blessing. I want to be used for the kingdom. I want to do my part. You know, oh, no, we're doing missions. I want to support mission. Oh, we're doing building. I want to be that. I wish I can do more, but I, what I have now, I would do it. And they're cheerful, not murmuring, not complaining. It's important. Even our children would not appreciate if you're always complaining about what you do for them. Right? They want to know that you love them and you do it cheerfully. So a generous heart, a generous attitude gives cheerfully. Number six, a generous attitude gives to help others, even when they differ from them. That means they don't find fault in giving. They don't say, I'm not going to do. If you are listening to me, I, I, you know, they don't do all that. They want to, when people are in need, they don't discriminate. Some people are generous to certain kind of people. You know that? But they are not generous to other kind of people. And thank God our God is a God that does not discriminate. Amen. He gives generously to all without finding fault. Does not discriminate. And that's what generosity does. Generosity just says there is a need I want to share. God has blessed me when I didn't deserve it, right? So I don't find out whether people deserve it. I want to bless them. I want to share. So a generous heart gives to help others, even when there's differences, when there are differences. They don't use their time, their money to set to score. I'm not going to bless them. I'm not going to do it. 
you know, some people stop giving because somebody offended them in church. That, those crazy things happen. You're just like, wow. They don't like the pastor, they just withdraw there. First, you're not going there for the pastor. Oh, he preached a message that I don't like. Oh, I'm not just going to give today. <laughs> wow. Why do you do that? But we must develop a generous attitude that does not, you know, say somebody is this, somebody is my friend, somebody is not my friend, somebody is white, somebody is black. I, you know, all these things. No, generosity looks beyond that. They see a need, they want to meet it. Number seven, a generous heart gives to see the impossible become possible. There's a faith angle to generous people. One thing I know about generous people, people with a generous heart, they are full of faith. They are full of faith. They can see the impossible become possible, and they want to do something about it. They want, they want to see Look at the story of the boy with five loaves and two fish. That, that's, a, that's someone that wants to see the... I mean, it looks impossible that these five loaves and two fishes... I mean, like, come on. This is not going to make any difference. Guys, you guys are hungry. If I share this, it's not going to make any difference. I'm so sorry you guys didn't bring your food. I brought mine. I mean, if we try to share it, we'll all still be hungry and die anyway, so it's better for me to survive. Since I was the one that remembered to pack my lunch. <laughs> right. But he believed what Jesus said, that these five loaves, a miracle can come out of it. Do you know that your giving creates miracles for other people? Giving great miracle, incredible miracle, great miracle. That's what the boy did. We often talked about how Jesus multiplied it. We don't talk about the boy. I mean, that that boy's faith is incredible. That he released it, Jesus blessed it, and fed five thousand. That happens a lot when we release things. God blesses it. Because generosity is about partnership with God. And oftentimes when we listen to the Holy Spirit, those acts of kindness, acts of generosity, they go a long way to bless people. Sometimes it's an answer to God's prayer. Sometimes they prove to somebody that God really exists. They prove. I don't, I mean, there are so many times I've given to people, they're like, what? Why are you, why you listening to my prayer? I mean, this is incredible. I mean, this is, and it's those times when I did them out of obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I remember one time the Lord just said, mail a check to somebody. This is years ago. Mail a check to somebody. I mean, we just met in church. I wasn't even a pastor then. We just met in church. I mean, the Lord said, mailing. I didn't even know they were going through a lot of challenges. And I made a check, got it in the house, and for him, it was an answered prayer. He was going through low moments that I didn't have a way of knowing, and it's like, this is... Many years later, he was still giving testimonies about it. 
that this was one moment that it was just like God was there. So it's important for us to know that God uses those acts of generosity, right? He blesses them and they make the impossible possible. It's the act of generosity of people that built this building. Nobody can claim, I built this building. It's generosity of people who can believe the impossible. We're just a small church. And we said, we can do something big if people can stretch themselves, right? That's why we're here. Praise the name of Jesus. Generosity makes the impossible to be possible. Hallelujah. I'll wrap up by saying, generosity... Or a generous attitude comes at a, uh, out of a mindset. And I'll mention three key mindsets that really makes us to be generous. Number one is a mindset of abundance. I've noticed that people who are not generous is because they have a mindset of lack and poverty. You see, a mindset of abundance is a mindset that says, there is always enough. There's always enough. There's a lot. There's always just see enough. See, there are people who look around. All they see is what is not there. It's a mindset. They just see what is lacking, what is not there. You know what is what is not there for them. But a mindset of abundance believes there is enough. God provided what I have now, right? He can provide more. I remember I was still a young Christian. I was, I was in college. So I was a member of a choir. So during the holidays, our choir leader then said, I want you to come to school, to stay, to stay for a month or two months during the long holidays because we need to prepare for a concert that was coming the next session. It was tough, so we decided to stay. And in the middle of that, I ran out of money. And it wasn't days of phone. It wasn't the school was far away from home. You know, even if I call home, I doubt if I would get anything because that was a decision I made anyway that my parents were not necessarily excited about. So I was going through this on my own. And... One day, one of the sisters in the fellowship just came and gave me an envelope. And he said, I was praying, and the Lord asked me to give this to you. I mean, that was, that was like, wow. That was incredible. And I'm like, this is real. So I kept it. But the next day, or a few days later, I think I was in a bus. I was in one of these public transportation. And I felt something in my heart telling me to give money to somebody that was begging. There was a beggar. And I'm like, wow, if this guy knew. So I, I said, I'm not giving this to him. <laughs> I was just lucky to get this. Wait, this is, I came close to not just, I mean, I was really broke. Nothing to eat. Somebody gave me this. Then I'm giving to a beggar. So I refused to give to a beggar. And I left. And the Lord said, you just fail a major test. I mean, so I was the one that made that sister give you money. You were not even there when I was working on that. I mean, I was, 
You were not there. I made her to give you. So don't you believe if you give this to the person, I couldn't make more to happen. And that was a major lesson for me. Major, major lesson to say, that's how we tend to live. That's why we don't share. We have a mindset of poverty that says, if I lose this, what's going to happen to me? All right? No, but people who are generous know, if I share this, God who provide this can provide more. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a mindset of abundance. It's also a mindset of trust. Before I go to trust, let me say one thing about abundance. A mindset of abundance is willing to take risk with what they have. You know, that's how people who are rich become rich. Right? People who are rich become rich because they have something little. And they say, you know what, I can risk this to do something. Either invest it or either use it for a business, either do something that they know that this is not sure, right? There's nothing sure about this. I can use this and it can go away. But because they are willing to make such risks, that's why they succeed. That's a mindset of abundance. A mindset of poverty wants to hoard, wants to keep it, wants to say, oh my, I don't want to go back to that time again. And that keeps them poor. Praise Jesus. So let's go to trust. A mindset of trust, trust God. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians, the last part of the scripture, verse 8. Let's read verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good. That's a mindset of abundance. Isn't that clear? A mindset of abundance believes God is able to bless me, right? So that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I will abound in every good work. As it is written, they are freely scattered, they are given to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. An abundant mindset believes that God is able. If God gives you your job now, he can give you a better job. And that's why you should be generous. That's why you should not be arguing about tithing, about giving, about offering. Just do it willingly, knowing that God can make sure you don't feel it. And most people who have surrendered to God in this, they are better off. Everybody I've seen, they don't, you know, they, God increases you. God stretches you. God blesses you because you believe that God is able to bless you abundantly. Hallelujah. And verse 10, he will now, he will supply. If I want all of us to read it together because I think it's a very powerful uh, scripture that I want all of us to read together. Can we go? One, two, go. And God is able. Okay, no, no, sorry, sorry. Verse 10, now we're ready. Let's go. One, two. Now, he will supply seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and we enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Let's go to the next verse. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. 
Look at what he's saying. That's a mind, that's someone that trusts God. Someone that trusts God, that God is able to supply seed to the soil. If your attitude is to become a sower, God gives you seed. Did you get that? If your attitude is just to be a bread eater, right? I just want, I eat everything. God limits what he gives you to just bread. But you are going to be a sower in Jesus' name. Sowers have bread and they have on top. And that will be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, as a believer, especially a New Testament believer, cooperating with the Holy Spirit will always lead to generosity. So the third mindset is a mindset guided by the Holy Spirit. You see, walking in the Spirit, we always resort in generosity because God is about blessing other people. Blessing other people with your time, money, time, everything he has given to you, you just want to bless other people. And that's why you are patient with other people. That's why you are there with them. That's why you sacrifice yourself. Sometimes you leave your thing to cater for theirs. Sometimes what money you set aside for your pleasure, you share it with others because you are submitted to the Holy Spirit. A mindset guided by the Holy Spirit will result in generosity. You know, people often ask me, do you believe tithing is Old Testament or New Testament? And at least it's a controversy that people try to say. Yes, it's an Old Testament principle. First of all, it's a principle that started before the Old Testament. But it is a principle. But for a New Testament believer, that becomes your minimum. That becomes your minimum. That becomes a baseline for you because... If your righteousness, if you read, from, I think Matthew 5.20 says, if your righteousness does not exceed that of the Pharisees, right? Then you have no place in the kingdom. You will not enter the kingdom. Jesus came and told us, look, everything you've heard, they are fine. But what I've come is to take you to the next level. In the old, murder is physical. In the new, it's in the heart. The standard, now we don't do, we don't give to God to earn his blessing, but we, we, we give to God to mimic his nature. His nature is the nature of generosity. And that's why for a New Testament believer, you, you must exceed that. You cannot just say, oh, I just, my tithe, that's it. That's what I owe God. You don't even owe God anything. You owe, I mean, you owe God everything. Because God gave you everything. Praise the name of Jesus. So when you have a mindset that is guided by the Holy Spirit, these things become easy for you. All right? Obedience becomes easy. Obedience to even giving to other people. Not just when we call, oh, let's give to this, let's do this. No, 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 no. You are always saying, God, how do you want this? How do you want to use me? I give my life for you. I want us to not just make that songs that we sing. Let's make those lives that we live. And I pray that the Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. Can we just, you know, let's rise up as I pray. Let's rise up as I pray. I'm, I'm trusting God that this attitude that God created in us, you know, will be something that it, it, it will produce the kingdom lifestyle, kingdom power, 
kingdom authority, kingdom blessing in our lives. And in the mighty name of Jesus, I believe God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, God will supply seed to the sower and bread for food. We also supply and increase your store of seed in the mighty name of Jesus. It will also enlarge the harvest of your righteousness in the mighty name of Jesus. You will be enriched in every good way so that you can be generous in every occasion. And through us, through you, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I'm praying that you will create generous people here, people with generous heart, people who can effectively partner with you to be to advance your kingdom and to advance your cause on earth in the mighty name of Jesus. People who effectively partner with you to care for the poor people around them, knowing that he that gives to the poor lends to the Lord. I pray that you will make us a people that you can trust with riches, you can trust with abundance, knowing that what you bless us, we produce thanksgiving because they will bless others. Knowing that we understand that we are blessed to be a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen Amen and amen. Let's remain standing while we do our confession. Praise Jesus.